What's up ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com and be sure to follow us on our social medias truth social rumble twitch clout hub and pill.net Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good evening. How is everyone doing tonight? I hope you all are doing well. Wherever you are around the world or in this nation, welcome to another episode of The C Report. I am your host, Mr. C. As always, ladies and gentlemen, and today is Tuesday. I almost thought it was Wednesday, but it's Tuesday, October 11th. Wait, yeah, we're the 11th. Okay. All right. I was almost a day ahead there, guys. <laughs> All right, y'all. Hope y'all are doing well this evening and uh, your day and your week has been finding you well. I mean, it's only Tuesday, right? So it, it's, it's got to be trucking along pretty good, hopefully. Uh, got a great show and some news stories for you all tonight. Man, I feel like we're going to be a bit all over the place tonight, but not too much all over the place. Uh, Clearly, guys, there is some uh, uh, breaking news happening just all around today. I think uh, the biggest takeaway for today uh, would probably, at least for myself, and I'm sure for a lot of you all out there as well, maybe, uh, might have to do with the, uh, how would you call this? The uh, Gabbard exit? The Tulsi exit? The Tulksic? <laughs> Oh, because Tulsi Gabbard has left the building, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, how do you sum that up, right? How do you sum that up? It's pretty crazy, y'all. I mean, if there were never more of a sign of the disrepair and the destruction of the Democrat Party, I mean, this is a big sign right here, guys. I mean, you know, I used to say, guys, before I realized uh, that Tulsi has worked with the World Economic Forum in the past. Now, I know that point is not always, you know, the funnest point to bring up in conversation. But, you know, being realistic about it, you know, I was all on board with Tulsi as a Republican she being a Democrat, I thought, you know, if there was absolutely no one, nobody on the field that I could put my faith in and trust my vote with, and Tulsi were the only one, even as a Democrat, I thought, you know what? 
my best game plan for me was she was like a sleeper patriot, like hidden within the Democrat Party. I, I, I um, particularly felt that way after I saw her, you know, speaking with President Trump. You know, you guys remember they had that. It, it was like, a I don't know. It seemed like it was a long conversation, but, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there. I couldn't tell you what it was. But, you know, she and Trump did speak. And then, of course, I also agree with what Tulsi has to say about regime change around the world. In fact, I think Tulsi sounds like someone I would vote for. You know, she's like, stop with the regime change, right? Stop being a warmongering party. Oh, wait. She was talking about the Democrats today, right? Not like, you know, the entire establishment system of Democrats and Republicans. Anyhow, what's going on, DPatriot1776? Good to see you. What's going on, Mr. Aurelius Locke? Glad to have you guys with us today. Yeah, DPatriot1776 says, I don't trust Tulsi. You know, I don't either. You know, well, okay, well, I know I'm building her up right now, right? Just for me to say I don't trust her. Well, I mean, it's, it's guys, it's that World Economic Forum thing. But at the same time, you know, people have also put that plate onto, uh, you know, the table where Putin sits, Vladimir Putin, right? So, you know, and the World Economic Forum, I mean, people were claiming that Putin was actually with Tulsi and Dan Crenshaw during this young students. I mean, he's going to be 70, guys. <laughs> he's going to be 70. You guys think he was really a World Economic Forum youth person or whatever it was called? I doubt it, ladies and gentlemen. And then if you guys have heard or seen any of the speeches that Putin has been giving lately, he has just, again, been railing against globalists, the Western-backed uh, nations. I mean, guys, he's just dropping bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb. And I'm not talking about the bombs he's dropping on Ukraine right now. Now, I don't mean to sound all gleeful. I hope I didn't sound gleeful when I said he's not, not, not about the, you know, the bombs he's dropping on Ukraine, right? No. I mean, obviously, guys, uh, do I even need to talk about the spoils and the uh, misery and the death and destruction of war and conflict? No, I don't need to. So why bother, right? I mean, plain and simply put, they put all of that on him. Okay. So, you know, where I go with Tulsi in that regard, guys, is because, like, isn't it crazy to say Tulsi was probably the most sane Democrat, right? Okay, so I know it's hard to say that. It's almost tongue-in-cheek, right? It's almost tongue-in-cheek. It's almost a contradiction in terms, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but, man, you guys, you guys heard her tirade, right? Did you guys hear Tulsi's tirade? It was a 30-minute tirade, guys. 30-minute. But uh, she said she was an independent Democrat. So I guess she's going to go full independent now? Could this be uh, the beginning of a trend, maybe? You know, I thought it was even more telling that Tulsi was calling on other Democrats who felt the same way but have enough balls to do it. I'll say it, didn't have the testicular fortitude 
to leave the party behind that no longer stood for their morals, ideals, conscience, choices, you know? So um, how do you think the Democrat Party feels now? I mean, Tulsi literally took a huge chunk and especially because she speaks so, uh, you know, she speaks so, um, uh, she speaks so well, ladies and gentlemen, for lack of a better word. The word erudite keeps coming up to mind, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Anyhow, so uh, it, she, she, she's well-spoken, okay? She knows how to, uh, she knows how to draw her points and stuff like that, guys. So it was just crazy, y'all. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Tulsi. I, I honestly think that this is a very pivotal moment. I mean, you want to talk about the cracks in the Democrat dam turning into, I don't know, maybe like, uh, springing a leak from a crack to like a leak or like maybe just a, a little stream <laughs> coming out of that Democrat dam. That's pretty crazy, guys. I mean, it's almost too perfect, y'all. It's almost too perfect. But, you know, Dpatriot1776, I'm right there kind of with you still. Like, I was not expecting someone like Tulsi to do this. Because, again, I'm thinking World Economic Forum, right? In fact, I want to do some more digging into that. Or, I don't know, maybe someone can point me in the right direction. How do I find out... Uh, uh, do I need someone in Hawaii to uh, send in a uh, information request or something? <laughs> Goodness me, oh my, oh. Goodness, what's going on, Two in the Pink? Good to see ya. How you doing today, brother? Glad you're with us. ROCG, welcome, welcome, welcome to the audience, friend. Uh, ROCG says the World Economic Forum is the key with that creep gabbard. You see, I agree with that too, ROCG. I do because, hello, I mean, in my own kind of like a jesting idea, I could see Tulsi Gabbard sitting there rolling her eyes and saying, that stupid ass Dan Crenshaw, can he be any less tactless? We're working for the enemy, right? <laughs> That's what I think, right? Philly Q, what's up? Philly Q just brought up that point right there. I'll never, because you know, that was my gut feeling, guys. We're going back like what, three years? Two or three? No, no, we're going back more than that now, right? Three or four years now? My gut feeling the day that I saw Tulsi talking with Trump was she was a sleeper patriot embedded in the Democrat Party. But that would mean she would also need to be embedded into the World Economic Forum. And if she is, hey, let's do it, Tulsi. Let's do it, you know. But we'll have to do some more digging, okay? I just, you know, to me, it's, it's a pretty big story. Especially when you consider everything that she said and the message that she's giving out. So we, we will actually review that a little bit later, guys. I hope you all are looking forward to it. And, you know, just for, uh, to me, for the historical archivial purposes of it, we are going to listen to what Tulsi had to say. Because I think everyone 
particularly Democrats, should have the chance to hear it. Absolutely. What's going on, Montana Free? What's up, buddy? Hey, Montana Free. <laughs> I just wanted to laugh so hard. Where on earth did you find that gif of uh, Stinky Abrams falling off of that uh, off of that uh, uh, mechanical bull? <laughs> I was like, where do I leave my comments? This is rich. This is real. I should, you know, I need to just like donate all my gold pills to you for that one, sir. It was so funny. I laughed so hard. Go look at that gift, guys. <laughs> Stinky Abrams falling off a mechanical bull. Anyways, guys. Anyhow. Uh, thanks for popping in. Uh, Montana Free says DeSantis Gabbard 2024. I think you're going to get a divided, uh, you're going to get a divided opinion on that one, Mr. Uh, actually, you know what? No, Trump 2024. What are you talking about, Montana Free? No, just <laughs> That's why the Patriot 1776 was like, definitely not. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I don't trust 99% of these people who change parties like Jeff Van Drew in my state. Ah, well, you see, I get that too. I get that too. Oh man, Montana Free. I laughed so hard when I saw that. Anyways, first thing I thought was Stacey Abram. Um, yeah, the Patriot, uh, back to that, that point. Sorry, I'm all over the place at the moment. But yeah, I, I don't think she's declared that she's, well, I mean, I guess, you know, you leave a party, you're changing your party, right? I mean, that's a technicality you can't get away from. I just, I, I don't know if she's going to declare one. I don't know that she will declare one. <laughs> ROCG says, Paul Noam 2024. Dude, or ma'am, I apologize. I can't see your, uh, I can't see your avatar there. I was thinking like Trump Paul, right? But then, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, lingo, words, et cetera, because, you know, you had Trump Pence and it kind of sounded like trumpets. Right. And so I was like, wouldn't it be cool if like in his next term for another vice president, he had like Rand Paul, although I know they probably wouldn't really agree too much on a lot of things. Maybe one would be more extreme than the other. I mean, we're talking libertarian here, right? Wait, he's Republican, isn't he? Duh. Sorry about that. It's his daddy. His daddy was libertarian. And then Republican. Anyways, libertarian-minded, right? So then it would be Trump-Paul. So you went from Trumpets to Trump-Paul. You went from announcing the return of America and the restoration of the Republic to Trumping them all and destroying the globalists and the deep state. The Patriot 1776 says she does not trust Rand Paul. Uh, he has, he has um, his money tied up in some businesses of, I think, medical or pharmaceutical nature that kind of makes some of his points. Eh, like what's the point, right? Anyhow, I'm not going to get into Rand Paul. I, I mean, I voted for his father. <laughs> in fact, I was going to vote for Rand until he was not in the race anymore. Yep. Awesome. Sounds good, Aureli Slock. Thank you so much for dropping the links and all of the information in the chat room, sir, by the way. I appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, hit that red pill and hit that repost, right? Let everyone know where you're hanging out. <laughs> oh, and who's this gain, grain of salt? Hey, grain of salt, what is up? Sorry, I didn't see you there. 
Grain of Salt says, uh, maybe, where'd you go? Maybe Tulsi should run for governor or senator of Hawaii. Well, you know, she already served, I think, as the uh, as a Congress, a congressional representative in Hawaii. She was the youngest congressional representative ever and female. She was like 21 or 22, I think, when she got elected to office. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, all right, guys. So we got a show ahead for you. We're gonna, we are going to we are going to listen to what Tulsi had to say because, like I said, I think everyone should hear it. Um, and uh, what else do we got for you guys today? I got an election story. Mm -hmm. And I mean, of course, right? What would the C report be without an election story? Actually, some election stuff. You know, I wanted to I wanted to uh, do a spotlight on a candidate who's running tonight. Um, and so, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute, guys. It's gonna, it's gonna be a good one, guys. It's gonna be a good one. And, uh, let's see here. Well, you know, President Trump does lead at the Sea Report. I know we kind of started hard with Tulsi there. Uh, but incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, there's my, uh, from the desk of President Trump. Incidentally, President Trump did not have any statements today. Well, maybe he did. No, he didn't. He didn't. We'll review his truth social. Maybe he posted something in the last 20 minutes. Okay. But when I checked before the show, he hadn't yet. So I thought I would play this for you instead. In lieu of President Trump's uh, daily statement or truth, uh, we'll check it out. Let me get the sound going good for you guys. And this will be just a little treat since we don't have a truth from President Trump for today. Take a gander. This is our money. Don't take it from us. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear. Our presence automatically liberates others. Some of the most sinister forces, entrenched interests, and vicious opponents our people have ever seen. But no matter how big or powerful these corrupt radicals may be, you must never forget this nation does not belong to them. This nation belongs to you. How about that, folks? How about that? That was uh, just a lit. That was the 
end portion of a video I got off of Rumble. Uh, Entheos, if any of you all have ever heard of them. Entheos. Follow those guys sometimes. But yeah, I like that. Uh, it was a pretty good video. I know. I just wanted you guys to see the Trump part, okay? <laughs> but there you go. So uh, as I promised, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a gander at President Trump's truths to make sure he did not release anything in the last 20 minutes. All right. Looks like it's all the same, guys. We're actually going to cover this story tonight. Stupid Secretary of Snakes, Jenna Griswold. Proving how incompetent she is. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, we got, we got nothing. We got nothing. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and uh, break into today's, uh, today's episode. <laughs> hey, Raven2000, what's up? Dpatriot1776, I trust Entheos. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Me too. Entheos has been right about a lot. Mm -hmm. They have been. They have been. You know, I actually just discovered Entheos recent. Well, not too recently, probably within the last few months, but they've been around for a long time, apparently. But you guys know I'm not much into social media and into uh, all that. So it's uh, probably why I could never keep up with everybody. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and get into today's report. Now, as I said, we would be um, listening to the words of Tulsi Gabbard, who is a Democrat no more. Where'd you, where's my banner at? Tulsi Gabbard, a Democrat no more. I think I've already kind of like waxed poetically enough about um, these events. So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and pull up her statement. All right, guys. Leaving the Democrat Party and imploring other Democrats to do the same. Now, I don't think it's because she doesn't want to be all by herself. I think it's because she probably has heard some murmuring and whispers in the halls on Capitol Hill about how stupid they look and how disconnected they seem from their constituents, from their nation, from their constitution. Very, very strong words from Gabbard. Everyone should hear them, particularly Democrats. Let's play it. Aloha. Thank you so much for joining me today on the very first show that we're putting out. Um, there's nothing more precious that we have to give to one another than time. And so I just want to let you know, I appreciate that you are taking some time out of your day to spend with me here on the Tulsi Gabbard Show. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. We got a lot to talk about in the coming weeks. Uh, I will be sharing my perspective on a whole host of topics and issues, and I really look forward to sharing some interesting conversations with you um, with people who I know very well, as well as those who I may be meeting for the first time, but who have 
an interesting perspective on um, challenges we face, on opportunities that we have ahead of us. Uh, I think you'll like what we have to share. Today, I want to share something with you that has been on my mind and has been troubling me for quite some time and has now compelled me to take action. Now, I love our country, our God-given rights of life and liberty that are enshrined in our Constitution and Bill of Rights are what inspires me. Now, I answered the call to duty. I took an oath dedicating my life to supporting and defending those freedoms, both in uniform and in public office. I had the good fortune of growing up here in Hawaii. And growing up here gave me a very special appreciation for the importance of our environment, uh, protecting our water, protecting our natural resources. And, you know, I used to go and do beach cleanups as a kid and, and do other things trying to protect our home, but I always felt like I needed to do more. And so when I was 21 years old, I decided to run for Hawaii State House so that I could actually be in a position to do that, to protect the environment. I had never had any interest in running for office before that. I was not politically affiliated, but as I was filling out the paperwork to go and file my election papers, I had to choose which box I would check. I had to choose which party I would affiliate with. So before doing that, I thought I need to do my research. And I did that. And as I read more and learned more, uh, I was inspired by Democrats who stood up against the war in Vietnam. I was inspired by those who here in Hawaii fought for plantation workers who were being abused and exploited by wealthy landowners, but had nobody to stand up for them and be their voice. I was inspired by leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy. I was drawn to the ideals of a big tent, inclusive Democratic Party that stood up for working men and women, that stood up for the little guy. Now, in contrast, as I read about the Republican Party at that time, it seemed like it was a party interest of big business and warmongering elites. So I became a Democrat and remained one for the last 20 years. Yes, an independent Democrat to be sure, but a Democrat nonetheless. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our constitution, and who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality who demonize the police, who protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, these are some of the main reasons I'm leaving the Democratic Party, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about them here with you today but these are really important issues. And in the coming weeks, I hope you'll join me because I'm gonna be going into each and every one of these in more depth. Now the pro-war democratic party of today has led us to the brink of nuclear war. This party is led by warmongers who are firmly in the grips of the military industrial complex and don't know 
or don't care about the cost of war or who pays the price. President Biden and Democratic Party elites have pushed us to the precipice of nuclear war, risking starting World War III and destroying the world as we know it. This is the most urgent existential threat that we face. Now, I ran for president in 2020 because I knew that this is where we were headed. All the signs were there. I raised this issue every single day during the campaign and on the national debate stage. For those of you who may have come to a town hall or who were watching, I'm sure you noticed. But the politicians and the media completely ignored it. They didn't care then, and they don't care now. now obviously, I didn't win that election, so I don't have the power to do what is necessary to prevent it. President Biden and Congress do, but they very irresponsibly are refusing to use that power to protect the safety of our country, the American people, and the world from the devastation that a nuclear holocaust would bring. So pr to protect our loved ones, to protect our children and our world, I'm calling on every one of you, every American, to join me in standing up to these cowardly politicians now. This may be our last chance to do so. Today's Democratic Party rejects the rule of law. What does that mean? The people's trust, our trust in the rule of law is the foundation of our democracy. And by weaponizing the security state and federal law enforcement for their own partisan political ambitions, Democrat leaders are undermining the rule of law and turning our democracy into a banana republic. Now, across the country, we see a lot of examples of this. We see Democrat politicians calling for defunding the police, demonizing the police, and enacting laws that favor criminals' rights over those of everyday Americans. We have so-called progressive DAs, district attorneys, that let vials out of jail, refusing to charge them, even though many have been arrested 30, 40, or even 50 times. So is it any surprise, really, that crime and murder rates are rapidly increasing? That people don't feel safe walking down the street in their own neighborhoods? Don't feel safe allowing their kids to walk to school? Is it any surprise that firearm purchases for self-defense have skyrocketed over the last couple of years? Now, under the Obama administration, the IRS was used to target conservative groups. Now, Biden's Department of Justice recently indicted 11 pro-life activists for organizing an event blockading an abortion clinic. That's what they were charged with. They didn't use physical force. They weren't dangerous. But seven of those 11 they're facing 11 years in prison and fines of $250,000. I want to say that again. Seven of these pro-life protesters are facing 11 years in prison and fines of $250,000. The Biden Department of Justice and Department of Homeland Security have focused their newly formed domestic terror unit to target parents who are vocally standing in opposition to radical curriculums and explicit sexual content being taught to their kids in public schools. 
The Biden administration is labeling these parents as terrorists just for showing up at school board meetings and demanding change. President Biden campaigned on a message of unity, healing the partisan divide, bringing the country together. But he just gave a big speech saying that supporters of President Trump are the most extremist group in our country and a threat to our democracy. That's half the country. Now you've got Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris. They are proclaiming that the Supreme Court is illegitimate just because they disagree with its rulings. They're undermining the legitimacy of the Supreme Court given their position of power and making these statements. We've got the Biden administration that stood by and did absolutely nothing as activists protested outside the homes of Supreme Court justices during all hours of the day and night in clear violation of federal law. Now go back and look again. How did the Biden administration treat those pro-life nonviolent protesters? And look at how they treated those who were protesting outside the homes, their families and children of the Supreme Court justices live. When the party in power does not believe in the rule of law, but they're responsible for writing and enforcing laws, our democracy is doomed. Today's Democratic Party does not believe in our constitutionally protected right to free speech. Fostering diversity of thought and freedom of expression is the very foundation of any flourishing democracy. Democratic Party leaders don't agree. They are led by fanatical ideologues who pose a threat to our democracy because they don't believe in freedom. They don't believe in freedom of speech. They don't believe in freedom of thought, freedom of religion. Because of that, they try to censor speech that they don't like, labeling it as, hey, this is misinformation. This is hate speech. This is violent speech. And they are working hand in glove with corporate for-profit media and big tech to smear and silence political opponents and anyone who dares to challenge their authority, their narrative, and therefore exposing their insecurities. Not too long ago, the Biden administration even launching their own ministry of truth with the objective of controlling what information we are allowed to read, hear, and say. They will determine what is misinformation, what is true, and what is not. Now, their ideology is one of hate and divisiveness rather than respect and love, aloha. And they stand diametrically opposed to traditional liberalism, which recognizes the basic goodness of people and the autonomy of the individual, supporting civil liberties, supporting a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Now tell me, how can a political party that is opposed to freedom be trusted our democracy and our God-given freedoms enshrined in the Constitution? They can't be. Today's Democratic Party does not believe in our constitutionally protected right to freedom of religion. Now the Constitution recognizes that our freedom comes from God, not the government, not any government. Unfortunately, Democratic Party leaders reject this truth 
and are hostile toward people of faith and spirituality and actively try to undermine our religious freedom. Now, during the 2020 Democratic National Convention, they chose to omit the words under God from our Pledge of Allegiance. In over years, high-profile Democratic leaders openly mock or discriminate against people of faith, especially Christians. And President Obama once ridiculed Americans for clinging to their guns and religion. Vice President Kamala Harris, back when she was a U.S. Senator in 2018, she remarked that being a member of the Knights of Columbus, a Catholic charity organization, a nonprofit, disqualified Brian Boucher from serving as a federal judge. Senator Dianne Feinstein derided now Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who happens to be a devout Catholic, during her Senate confirmation hearing, stating, quote, the dogma lives loudly within you. Now let's remember the Constitution. Article 6, Section 3 says, and I quote, no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. How is it that the Democratic Party of today doesn't seem to know this? That the Democratic Party of today has forgotten of religion does not mean freedom from religion. Our government must respect every American's deeply personal relationship with God and our freedom to express without fear of state-sponsored reprisal or punishment, censorship, or discrimination. Now, whether you believe in God or not isn't the point here. The point is that any political party that is trying to erase the presence of God from every facet of public life and is hostile towards those who choose to worship God cannot be trusted to protect our inalienable God-given rights enshrined in the Constitution and therefore should not be in power. Today's Democratic Party does not believe in our constitutionally protected right to bear arms. Now, our founders passed the Second Amendment out of a recognition that every one of us as Americans has a right to defend ourselves and our loved ones and to serve as a check on a tyrannical government seeking to take away our God-given freedoms. The Democratic Party's hatred of the Second Amendment and their increasing authoritarian instincts poses a serious threat to our freedoms. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47, said Beto O'Rourke at a debate when he was running for president. That's just one example of many that display this hatred for the Second Amendment by leading Democrats in this country. Our founders intentionally passed the Second Amendment right after the First Amendment. The majority ruling from the recent Supreme Court uh, striking down New York's law that barred people from concealed carry firearms really summarized clearly why Democrats are so wrong to try to take away our Second Amendment right, rights. And I want to I want to read this statement from that ruling uh, because it really says it so clearly. 
Just as we do not need to seek a permit to stand on the street corner and exercise our right to free speech, we shouldn't have to seek permission for a law-abiding citizen to carry a firearm. We as a society don't get to pick and choose which of our rights in the Constitution are more worthy of protecting than another. End of quote. So protecting our freedom to defend ourselves and those we love and protecting our rights and freedoms enshrined in the Constitution against the tyrannical power is exactly why we must ensure that our right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, today's Democratic Party is big brother undermining our civil liberties. Now, the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution ensures quote, the right of the American people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures, end of quote. Democratic elite party leaders have had many opportunities to uphold our Fourth Amendment rights, to get rid of unconstitutional provisions of the Patriot Act that violate our civil when I was in Congress, I introduced legislation that would repeal the Patriot Act and address the dangerous secret FISA courts being used to undermine our civil liberties, especially those protected by the Fourth Amendment. You wouldn't be surprised to know that Democratic Party leaders didn't move my bill forward, even allowing it for a vote. Because every time they've had the opportunity, they choose to side with the security state instead of siding with our liberty, our freedom. And we see a lot of examples of this, whether it's using the IRS to snoop into our bank accounts because we sent someone over $600 on Venmo or the Cash App, or supporting the corrupt system of civil asset forfeiture to seize property from law-abiding Americans who've not even been charged with a crime and if you're one of those people, good luck getting your money or your property back without suing the government. Or most recently, getting credit card companies to keep track of any and all firearm and ammunition related purchases. The Democratic Party stands over and over again with giving Big Brother more power and control over our lives. This stands diametrically opposed to our constitution and the vision that our founders had for us. Today's Democratic Party racializes everything and blatantly foments anti-white racism. The Democratic machine has betrayed Dr. Martin Luther King's dream, his dream of a nation where we are judged based on the content of our character rather than the color of our skin. And in their blind pursuit of power, Democrat leaders have reduced each of us as God's children to the color of our skin, using identity politics to tear us apart all so they can win a few votes, all, the, all so they can gain more political power. Democrats were completely silent in the face of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's blatant racist policy of only accepting interviews with reporters of color because she was struck with the, quote, overwhelming whiteness and maleness. Modern-day segregation in schools is being promoted by racial profiteers like Robin D'Angelo and the corrupt, self-identified cultural Marxists who lead Black Lives Matter. Where does the Democratic Party of today stand on that? Well, they embrace these people and their ideology and celebrate 
their racist agenda. They support programs that are teaching our kids in public schools that they are either the privileged or the victims, the oppressors or the oppressed, solely because of the color of their skin. They have become the racists that they claim to hate. Today's Democratic Party is anti-woman. There's no greater expression of hatred and hostility towards women than to erase the existence of women as a category of people. Now, if you've been paying attention, the Democratic Party has always claimed they, to be the champions for women, to uh, stand proudly for the passage and enactment of Title IX, making history, leveling the playing field for women and girls. But if you listen to them lately and you look at what they're doing, the Biden administration and today's Democratic Party are spitting in the face of these achievements by rejecting the objective truth and reality that women exist and are not just a construct in someone's mind. They can no longer even define what a woman is. And they're demanding that we replace words like mother with birthing person and place women at risk just to please biological men who claim to be women at any given moment. They're taking away opportunities and futures from girls in sports by allowing transgender athletes who until recently identified as men and who clearly have a biological advantage of being a man to compete against women. Now, behind the scenes, behind the curtain, the Biden administration is quietly trying to change Title IX through a backdoor rule change that would actually remove women and biological sex from the Title IX statute. Now, if you remember, Title IX was passed specifically out of a recognition of the difference in the biological sex between men and women. And by recognizing that difference in the biological sex, providing opportunities and fairness and a level playing field for women and girls. The Biden administration's action now to take away women and biological sex from that definition of Title IX is absolutely taking away opportunities for millions of young girls and women across the country. They're even now going so far as to claim that it is sexual harassment to address someone by the wrong pronouns. So when you look at all of their actions, really what they're trying to do is to force us to comply. They're trying to force us to comply with this literal insanity by trying to regulate our speech and thought with the threat of punishment if we don't comply. By denying that there are biological differences between men and women, they're erasing women and denying the existence of objective truth. This is really the bigger issue here. Because if one denies the existence of truth, then there are no boundaries. There are no limits in our society. And really what happens then is the truth becomes whatever those in power want it to be. And that's exactly what we are seeing happen in our society in this country today. Today's Democratic Party is undermining families. Now, families are the bedrock civilization. 
Today's Democratic Party does not recognize this truth and the importance of the central foundational role that families play in our society and civilization. And because they don't recognize this truth, they want to strip away the rights of parents to raise their kids, claiming, hey, we in the government know what's better for you, you and your children and your family better than you do. Former Democratic governor of Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, said last year, there is no role for parents in determining a school's curriculum. Parents don't, you don't get a say. The largest teachers union in the country and one of the Democratic Party's biggest donors, the National Education Association, recently passed a resolution that endorses the teaching of critical race theory in classrooms across the country. Public school districts are implementing policies that sexualize kids as young as five or six years old. Taxpayer dollars are being used to bring in drag strippers and gender transition surgery in minors, all kept secret from their parents. Teachers not being allowed to talk to parents about what's going on with their children at school. We have the Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Rachel Levine saying young children should be empowered to get gender affirmation treatment, which often involves puberty blockers, chemical castration, and irreversible surgeries that cause long-term harm to kids. Now, here's the thing. If parents don't comply, the federal government threatens to bring in child protective services, get them involved, and take your kids away. Families are the foundation of civilization and our society. And today's Democratic Party's policies are very quickly eroding that foundation to the detriment of us all. I've said a lot of things here today. I've briefly outlined many of the serious challenges and problems that we're facing. And I'm going to be going into more depth on each of these because they deserve that time and attention as we go forward in the coming weeks. But as we end uh, our show today, I don't want to leave you feeling hopeless. Let's remember the vision that our founders had for this country, the ideals they set forth. I believe in a government that is of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party, instead, they stand for a government of, by, and for the powerful elite. So as we remember the ideals our founders laid out for us, let's draw inspiration from their hopes for us their hopes for this country and our potential. And let's take action to bring about that change in our communities, in our states, and in this country so that we truly have a government that is of, by, and for the people. So today I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in taking action. Join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that this so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking this country, I invite you to join me. All right, y'all. We don't need the music, right? 
Man, did Tulsi Gabbard just say a mouthful or what? Sorry, I didn't want to get her on a disrespectful face like that. You saw that face? Anyways, that uh, that one's a little bit better. Let's see. Mm. Come on, Tulsi, give me... That one's okay. Oh, that one's nice. There we go. Okay. So, anyways, guys. Oh, you know it's something's up when Mr. C is looking for a photograph of an individual that does not make him look like a clown, right? She said a lot of things there, guys. She said a lot of things. I just need her to do elections next. Come on, Tulsi. Now do election integrity. Now do elections. Come on. Add that to your list, right? You know... I don't know if you guys got to hear that entire message. I mean, there's um, th the main part where she's calling on the Democrats to leave. She said common sense Democrats, y'all, for the rest of you common sense Democrats out there. What? Contradiction in terms much? No. We can't be mean, y'all. We can't be mean. Okay, I know I was being mean. I can't be mean, y'all. But then again, that's what, you know, my whole point with and I promise I'll get off of this, you know, at least until after Trump is back in office. But, you know, that would be my point with political parties. I don't need to say any more, right? Anyhow, um, clips of uh, clips of her um, her walking away, as it were, um, <clears throat> uh, have been um, played throughout the internet. But uh, that that was the entire enchilada ladies and gentlemen i mean she went through uh, war peace uh gender oh what was uh what was that one phrase that she said i did like uh that they're erasing the category of women that was a good one okay she talked about free speech i mean she called them out on everything and she did it succinctly concisely uh she so well spoken. There is a word I cannot think of. It starts with an A and it has to do with the way someone speaks. Someone bell me out here, right? Send me a lifeline. Anyways, it's not adequate. Anyways, yeah. I might just do elections next, Tulsi. We'll see where we go. Uh, Aurelius had mentioned she was on Tucker tonight, possibly dropping some. Uh, information there. I'll check that out later on. Left-wing MAGA Aurelius says, hey, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Thank you for the cookies. You've been showering me with cookies. Railing on, thank you for the 117 gold pills, by the way, as well, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, great conversation you guys are having in the uh, chat room over there. Sounded like a call to get a new Democrat party started. You never know. I mean, could we just go with the best candidate? <laughs> Do we have to go with, you know, it's okay. I'll, I'll get it. I know, I know, I know, I know. Thank you, ROCG. She is so articulate. That is exactly the word. Disco ball chaser, eloquently. That's another great word. Thank you guys so much. I don't know why my, uh, I don't know why my, uh, I don't know why my vocabulary is failing me tonight. But no, I mean, that that was a stunning statement, wasn't it? I mean, I would say it was stunning for someone who flip-flopped like a dash in the Texas heat on Tulsi Gabbard. I loved her at first, then I hated her when I thought, well, not hate. I severely disliked her 
when I found out about the World Economic Forum stuff. Do elections, Tulsi! Do elections! Let's see if you really are the Patriot sleeper that my gut told me you were three or four years ago. Well, guys, while Tulsi was speaking, I did manage to find this article from back in 2020, which, you know, kind of does put us right in that sweet spot for uh, what took place in November. And it has to do with elections. And it has to do with Tulsi. So let's check it out. What did Tulsi do about elections? I mean, my question here would really be, who is the president of the United States of America? Was President Trump uh, defrauded of his uh, office? Were the people of America disenfranchised and cheated? It's even worse than cheating if you think. It's even worse than disenfranchising if you think about it, what they did to us in November 2020. Uh, but I found this article. It'll suffice for now, but it, I will not stop digging here. Tulsi Gabbard is backing a ballot harvesting ban tied to a right-wing conspiracy. Oh, no. Have the signs been there the entire time? I swear, if Tulsi says it's a big lie and we need the Green New Deal or the whatever it's called, we need green energy, then we're done. She's, she's doing a World Economic Forum, transhumanist, Agenda 2030 stuff, okay? If she starts talking about green energy and the Green New Deal. But, you know, she's fighting for women. She's fighting for uh, freedom of speech. She's fighting for, uh, I would say the 13th Amendment, but the 4th and the 5th, right? She's fighting for due process. She's, oh, well, there was that other, there was another phrase she said, now that I think about it. What was it? that the way the Democrats are running things, and these are things that we already know, but it's just, it's it's interesting to hear it coming from someone who is a former Democrat, um, that the way the Democrats are handling things with gender, women, uh, just, just basically erasing everything. And Tulsi said she can no longer be part of the Democrat party because they are denying the existence of objective truth. Philly Q said uh, in the uh, chat room that uh, she sounded like she actually uh, had some common sense. Actually, that's probably not the exact phrase you used, Philly Q. I said contradiction in terms. Absolutely. Aurelius Locke says she sounds like a classical liberal. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to those classical liberals? That's why I always, um, or I try to anyways, I was really good at it for a while. Whenever I said the word liberal and I was talking about like Democrats or progressives or I always made sure to put the word left, left-leaning liberal or left liberal because I have no problem with classical liberals. So as long as they're constitutional, I actually probably fit in that boat more myself. Um... But, ladies and gentlemen, that is neither here nor there. Let's take a look at this article. Let's see what uh, let's see what right-wing conspiracies that Tulsi Gabbard is tied to over elections. Again, this is from 2020, so take the gander. There's Tulsi. Oh, it's before she had the rogue, uh, the rogue uh, little uh, tassel there. Did you catch that, Aurelius? 
Uh, it says here, um, about Tulsi, about Tulsi, a new Twitter storm headed Gabbard's way after the Hawaii, Hawaiian, Hawaii representative reinforced backing bill HR 8285, better known as the Election Fraud Prevention Act. The bill, which she first introduced earlier this month, aims to discourage ballot harvesting, but there are a few caveats to uh, caveats to Gabbard's support. Ahead of the, so we'll find out what those caveats are, okay? Ahead of the November election, because you know, I mean, we're at that point, guys, where we gotta make sure that if they say they're gonna take us to the promised land, they don't just take us to the mountaintop. You know what I mean? So if she's gonna back election integrity, and she's going to stand against ballot harvesting, but there are caveats. I want to make sure she's actually going to get us across the gate, right? Not just standing outside. Oh, Tulsi, you told us, but you have caveats. What on earth could they be? Let's, uh, let's find out. Now, it says here, Ahead of the November election, the representatives ex the representative expressed serious concern over states that are legally allowed to practice ballot harvesting, a practice that allows third parties to collect and deliver people's ballots in some parts of America. The Election Fraud Prevention Act would ensure that ballots are handled by election officials and mail carriers, and in certain cases, family members, household members, or caregivers. Although uh, her original motivations for a bill that would mitigate fraud before a massively important election seemed well-intentioned, nothing can ever remain that simple with this politician. Yesterday, in a move that's already brought much backlash and concern, Gabbard tied herself to the right-wing group Project Veritas, which is currently targeting ballot harvesting and Ilhan Omar. Okay, that's it. I'm good. I'm good. I just need her to denounce Klaus Schwab and we're golden, guys. <laughs> I mean, come on. Okay, so, okay, so this legacy media fake news outlet here, okay, says Tulsi is, uh, she's difficult because she's teaming up with Project Veritas. She's aligning with them. That's what makes it difficult when she's trying to ban ballot harvesting, which harvesting and trafficking almost go hand in hand, guys. It almost goes hand in hand. They, all, they both get paid, the trafficker and the harvester. They both get paid. They both collect ballots. They both drop them off. Almost the same thing. Almost the same thing. Mm -mm -mm. Hey, B. Debar, how's it going? <laughs> How is democracy working? I don't know. I live in a constitutional republic. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, that's the whole thing. You know, you get this d democracy thing and people just, I don't think they really understand it. I mean, it becomes rule of law. We all know this here. I know the audience I'm speaking to knows this, right? It becomes rule of law kind of a thing. I mean, sorry, group, group think and uh, mob mentality not rule of law. That's a constitutional republic. Duh. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, but <laughs> democracy is a verb twisted into a noun. That's a good one, Aurelius Locke. 
Hey, speaking easy. How's it going, brother? Good to see you. Yep, it is all BS. You're right, be the bar. Uh, I don't know. Something tells me you and me, be the bar, we might align on the political party issue. <laughs> Anyways, guys, so isn't that ridiculous? So you know, Tulsi's difficult because uh, she's teaming up with Project Veritas. Is that all they got, right? I mean, Project Veritas offers further evidence of the need to ban ballot harvesting. It's not a partisan issue. It's been abused to help both Republicans and Democrat candidates, including in North Carolina and California. Please help by telling your congressional representative to pass our bipartisan bill, HR 8285. Gabbard tweeted following a smear campaign that Veritas released. Gabbard aligning herself with Project Veritas is troubling for many reasons, but particularly her choice to help spread disinformation to push her own political brand. I guess that would be uh, mob rule is just a mob. You're right, Philly Q. So I guess, uh, I guess uh, Tulsi's own political brand would be starting up a whole brand new Democrat party. <laughs> it's going to be the, uh, the runaway Democrats or the walkaway Democrats or why don't we just call them the Kratz, right? Let's just call them the Kratz. Let's get the demo out of there. Because <laughs> then they start getting all demagogy, you know. Uh, let's see here. So the article goes on to bash um, Project Veritas some. And then uh, it talks a little bit more about Gabbard and why they're pissed off at her. Apparently, uh, she released a video where Gabbard refers to as capturing alleged ballot harvesting are actually completely devoid of any real evidence. Okay, so uh, uh, what story are they trying to debunk here? Uh, the video that Project Veritas released purports to show political operatives in Minneapolis, Minnesota, illegally carrying out the practice as accused by... Okay, no, uh, we saw that video here at the Sea Report, y'all. You guys remember the video? Okay, so Minnesota, right? Project Veritas, we played the video. You got this guy driving around in a car and he's videoing all of these ballots in his car. He's all, this is money, 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 money. And he's talking about how they go to uh, all of the, uh, how they go to all of the, um, oh, I, I guess they would be kind of like uh, projects for like, um, Little Somalia in Minnesota or whatever. I mean, I'm not being, obviously, guys, I'm being descriptive, not racist. What I'm trying to say here is this Jamal character would go and hit up the projects where um, that ethnicities, those people, <laughs> however you say it, guys. Anyways, I can't think right now. But you know what I'm saying here is we clearly saw the video evidence ourselves, okay? of this man going into specific neighborhoods, offering money to uh, get the ballots. And then I think in some instances they were also threatening. Okay, but this article says that that was devoid of any real evidence. There was video footage, guys. The man was admitting it himself. So uh, I'm pretty sure you guys can gather that the rest of this article is just a piece of trash. All right, Tulsi Gabbard, now do election theft 2020. I mean, come on, guys. She has to know something's up with the machines. To speak as eruditely as she does, I would imagine that she's probably heard a thing or two. Philly Q says they've always been pissed off at Tulsi. Yeah, 
she's too uh, center of the road for them. <laughs> What's up, home goy? I don't think I've ever seen you here before. Welcome to the chat room. Uh, home goy says, I'm voting for Kanye in 2024. <laughs> Good luck with that, sir. Trump or die says, Bidabar, I'm right there with you. See, after President Trump gets back into office again, I mean, optically speaking, of course, then I'll start going really pushing my no political party thing. I'll have to, I'll have to make my own platform, the no political party platform platform. <laughs> I'm going to be a member of the no political party party. How about that, guys? <laughs> Just kidding, y'all. All right, let's jump back into... That was a nice little detour, don't you think? But no, really, guys, everything Tulsi had to say, damn it, I wish someone had said it sooner, right? Well, I mean, at least on the Democrat Party side. Speaking of weird and strange things happening and party switching and all this weird stuff, Tulsi's no longer a Democrat, and now we got uh, Mike Pence endorsing Blake Masters, the Make America Great Again, Save America, America First, Trump-supporting, Trump-endorsed candidate. But I guess Mike Pence just does not want to uh, have a Democrat in, which is totally understandable. Mark Kelly, right? That's the one that uh, Blake Masters is... Uh... <laughs> oh, homegoy was trolling. Oh, you're all good, homegoy. <laughs> all good, homegoy. Hey, Raj ID, what's up? Thank you for gifting the cookie. Much appreciated. Sean Joe says, Mr. C, they all the elections, they all know the elections are fixed. Yep. That's what I think too. So that is why elections and Nazis in Ukraine are my litmus test for whether or not I'm going to vote for you. Now, some left-leaning liberal out there is probably going to say, do you hear this lunatic? He's judging, uh, he's basing his... Um, Judgment for the nation's future on Nazis in Ukraine and election integrity? What does this world come to, right? Yep. ROCG seems to concur. We vote the person best suited. Yep. That's what I think, too. Whether they're red, blue, purple, green, yellow, etc., Absolutely. Yeah, Sean Joe says, you can tell Pence is a sadist. You know, I did some digging after uh, Representative Walorski tragically died in that car accident, ladies and gentlemen. Because she was uh, she was very vocal about the um, mandatory vaccines. Uh, she was vocal about abortion. I mean, think about it. Indiana, that's where Pence is from. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was weird to me, guys. So I, that's why I put up the little banner, Blake Masters uniting rhinos and Republicans. Or should I put uniting rhinos and Americans, right? Because uh, you had um, Mike Pence. He looks like... <laughs> I always thought he looked like an aged Gerber baby face, Mike Pence. Anyways, and then you also had Doug Ducci, who I uh, cropped out of the picture. <laughs> and then, of course, you have uh, 
gangly blake masters so i mean i didn't really have too much to say about this i was just going to share with you this weird to me this is a weird oddity but obviously political political party lines you know mark kelly blake masters pence who are you going to vote for right uh, so Pence backs Arizona's Republican Blake Masters. He says that he is one of the GOP's brightest stars. Now, I'm going to go off into a little bit of conspiracy theory land here, guys, because some of you all may know when Blake Masters first hit the scene, my gut said, don't trust him. Then he's being funded by, uh, who's that, that Thiel guy, right? And uh, we talked about Thiel and his transhumanist tendencies and the things that he... Uh, supports at sea in the dark uh whew, guys it's eh, you know it's a tough one but you know one of the gop's brightest stars uniting rhinos and republicans crossing the supposed aisle between traitors and patriots that's a mighty fine line you're walking mr masters but hey uh, you know, I don't think that a an endorsement from Pence would do me any favors with my audience. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, well, you know what? This will get the uh, rhino constituents, the rhino voters, maybe this will get them to vote for Masters. So, I mean, that is a strategy. Chandra says, Masters did a great job in his debate. I saw that. I saw, I saw some of it. I didn't see the whole thing. It was okay. He was okay. I don't know. There's something about him though. You know, there's something, I don't know. There's just something about him guys. He wears too much foundation for one. And that's not even the half of it guys. I mean, come on. And, uh, well, okay. When he's on TV, <laughs> but, um, I don't know guys. I don't know. So anyways, there's just a couple of characters, but you know, it is healthy to question. That's what I would think. Yeah, Masters has been a Trump guy. But you know, uh, what was that one guy's name? That one guy's name from Ohio, Anthony Gonzalez, you know, the impeacher. He was all for Trump as well until he got elected. I'm just saying. But you know, Peter Thiel has supported Trump and uh, Peter Thiel supports Masters. So I'm sure it's all it's all in... I'm sure it's all okay, right? But I mean, influences like Pence and Ducci, I mean, would you really want Ducci's endorsement? Now, now to his credit, as Carrie Lake has mentioned, he has done good things for the state of Arizona, you know? Not enough, but he's done some good things. He's still a rhino. He hangs out with Kemp and Abbott. I mean, they, they hang out at the border together and they just laugh, I'm sure. Well, there is actual video of them at the border, guys. Anyways, okay, so uh, let's see here. Pence appeared alongside uh, Doug Ducci and uh, president of Club for Growth, David McIntosh, at the Hilton Phoenix Resort. So Pence said, I must tell you, it is a special privilege for me to come here to the Grand Canyon State and tell the people of this state that Arizona and America need Blake Masters in a Republican majority in the United States Senate. Hmm. Blake Masters will secure the border. He, you know what? I mean, come on. This sounds like a President Trump. No offense to President Trump. It sounds like a President Trump endorsement. 
does Pence close it with, he has my complete and total endorsement? <laughs> Pence dubbed Masters opponent, Senator Mark Kelly, Democrat, a rubber stamp for Joe Biden's failed agenda, who has done nothing to secure the border, stop the wave of dangerous drugs pouring into Arizona's communities, or on inflation. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. Politicians, right? Politicians. Because, you know, they could just be doing things for political reasons, but then it's like, come on, there's got to be another reason, an ulterior motive. Uh, Sean Joe says, I did not notice any makeup, Mr. C. That is your, pro pro excuse me, sir. It might be my proclivity, but I do not wear makeup. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh I'll 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 pull up a clip. Maybe maybe he got the memo. Maybe he got the memo. But when he was first go look at his commercials when he was first coming out. You know the very first commercial he put out, he basically put his two his two uh, young boys, his two sons up on a platter for all of the uh, predators to look at and be like, "Ooh, I want maybe that's why Pence endorsed him. He's like he's got some fine-looking boys." I said maybe. <laughs> I said, maybe. All right, guys. So that was just a weird one. I thought I had to share with you all. <laughs> I might add, Sean Joe, trust and believe. I can tell when someone's wearing foundation. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. Why do we have to get this ugly secretary of snakes on the screen? Jenna Griswold, ladies and gentlemen, of Colorado. Let's talk about her. First of all, too many night games, right? Man, those sacks under her eyes are getting heavy. Uh, I could have found a less flattering picture, y'all. Anyhow, the woman seems to make up her own rules. She seems to think that she controls elections in the state of Colorado. She seems to think that she's above the law. You know, someone could, like, postulate that maybe she just doesn't know how to do her job. Maybe, maybe, maybe she's not being malicious. Maybe she's not trying to uh, cheat and defraud the people of Colorado. Maybe she just sucks at being a secretary of state. She's a great secretary of snakes, but she sucks at being a secretary of state. So in the latest controversy, as if though everything that she did to Tina Peters wasn't enough, it appears that uh, Secretary of Snakes for Colorado Jenna Griswold has mailed off voter registration cards to 30,000 non-citizens in Colorado. Now, sitting on this side of the screen at this desk, having gone through all of the stories of election fraud and election theft and uh, endeavors to solidify election integrity. My first thought is this is intentional. Okay. This is intentional. The article will demystify that, but Mr. C will debunk it, obviously. So let's take a look. 30,000 non-citizens, guys. 
30,000. So, of course, Jenna Griswold says it was a mistake. She did not mean to send out those postcards to 30,000 non-citizens, encouraging them to vote. I'm sorry, to register to vote. She blamed it on a database glitch. That's what she said about the Dominion voting machines in Colorado. She said it was a glitch. Jocelyn Benson said it was human error, but that's in Michigan, right? In Colorado, it was a glitch. So uh, it says here, Colorado's Republican Party chair, Christy Burton Brown, condemned Griswold for the error, saying in a Monday statement that Jenna Griswold continues to make easily avoidable errors just before ballots go out. They're being mailed out on October 17th. Sorry, I paused there, guys, because I heard Colorado's Republican Party chair, and immediately I thought about the party that's not supporting Tina Peters. The party that wanted Tina Peters to not run for Secretary of State. The party that could not even explain how every poll and every person in Colorado could count on Tina Peters winning that election, and they could not explain to her how she lost. Her IT guys were on it, but the Republican Party, dumbfounded. They were expecting Tina to take it. You got it right, Aurelius Locke. You got it right on the nose, sir. You got it right on the nose. What's going on, Torcana? Welcome back. Welcome back. I would say it was done intentionally. Christy Burton Brown says she's just doing a terrible job. Griswold faces Republican Pamela Anderson. No, not of uh, who was that? Barbed Wire fame and uh, Baywatch. Barbed Wire Baywatch Pamela Anderson. You know, that's an easily recognizable name, guys. Now, if you all remember what that Pam Anderson looks like, total opposite of the Baywatch bombshell, okay? She's like a frumpy, mannish lesbian, okay? <laughs> Blame it on the alcohol. <laughs> you know what? I think maybe... I think maybe Dana Nacelle, AG of Michigan, would blame it on the alcohol. <laughs> but not Jenna Griswold. She's going to blame it on a glitch. And interesting enough, since you brought it up, Aurelius Locke, speaking of Eric, it has exactly to do with that. Which, to me, is another reason to get rid among all of the other things. But let's debunk this article. It says here... She's facing Pam Anderson. She was a clerk in Denver. Okay. Griswold, uh, Griswold's office said in a statement that the postcards were mailed September 27th. The error happened after department employees compared a list of names of 102,000 people provided by the Electronic Registration Information Center, also known as ERIC. Now notice this article. It's almost like they have, uh, it's almost like they have marching orders, right? Because this uh, article here, they're putting up a fight for this Electronic Registration Information Center, also lovingly known as the Election Rigging Information Center. 
So the article, oh, it's a bipartisan multi-state organization devoted to voter registration to a database of Colorado residents. So they're going to do that multiple times when they talk about Eric. That Department of Revenue driver's license list includes residents issued special licenses for people who are not U.S. citizens. So isn't it funny how the article says the error occurred when employees compared a list of Eric names to Department of Revenue driver's license names? So if you ask me, if no one had compared this list, would there be an error? I think she got busted. I think she got found out, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I think happened, okay? I think she got busted. Interesting enough, in an unrelated related story, this exact same situation happened to uh, Governor Greg Abbott's third Secretary of State, right? When he want, he actually wanted to do an investigation into um, getting non-citizens out of the voting system. And because Texas uses Eric also, when he got the list, uh, his name was uh, Secretary of State Whitley, uh, Governor Abbott's third. Yeah, third, third, his third Secretary of State. When uh, when he got the list from Eric and all of this stuff, um, he sent out notices to all of the people that were non-citizens, uh, basically telling them that uh, they needed to stop. But it also went to naturalized citizens whom the employees at Eric had not, uh, I guess, um, ticked off the naturalized. So they were actually eligible to vote. Crazy, right? Eric, what are you good for, right? Let's see how this article continues to defend Eric and Griswold. Yeah, busted. Big time, guys. So uh, it did not include this uh, list from the Department of Revenue's driver's license list, did not include formatting information that normally would have allowed the Department of State to eliminate those names before the mailers went out. That's what Griswold's office said. The incident is under investigation. Colorado Public Radio News first reported the error. Colorado is among at least 18 states, along with the District of Columbia, that issue driver's licenses to non-U.S. citizens, according to the National Council on State Legislatures. Colorado also automatically registers eligible voters when they obtain their driver's license from the Department of Motor Vehicles. Griswold's office said it was unaware that anyone who received postcards in error had tried to register. It is sending notices to the roughly 30,000 people who are not citizens, but who mistakenly received the postcards. And it is applying several efforts to prevent or reject anyone not eligible to vote from registering, including comparing social security numbers required for each application on a daily basis. County clerks also will refer suspect cases to local district attorneys for review. But of course, if you have, oh wait, sorry, that's Texas. If you have a Soros district attorney in any state, do you think they're really going to do anything about it? Probably not. Now, here's something really stupid, guys. This is right on par with ESNS voting systems telling, telling the state of Texas, oh, we were expecting for uh, the software not to uh, match it's hash validation to make sure it's secure. And since we were expecting it not to match, it's secure. That's as stupid as this statement. Sean Morales Doyle 
from the Brennan Center, need I say more? Said the fact that the mistake was caught shows the system works. Well, you know what? There never would have been a mistake if we hadn't had Eric just uh, collecting all of these names. Because let's not forget, guys, Eric does not clean voter rolls. They discourage it to the point of charging, I would say fining, but charging the state of, to do all of that work, even though we're already paying them thousands of dollars. L literally tens of thousands of dollars just to have their services. And then they want to charge us more fees on top of that. It says here, the Electronic Registration Information Center, known as ERIC, is a nonprofit organization. Uh, who, who started ERIC? Was it not like a hard left-leaning liberal progressive? They are dedicated, allegedly, to improving U.S. voter rolls and encouraging registrations. Some 33 states, 31, and the District of Columbia belong to the group. Under its contract with Eric, Colorado sends a mailing to eligible residents to encourage them to register each election cycle. The uh, Colorado postcards in English and Spanish specify that residents must be United States citizens and at least 18 years old to register. They tell recipients how to register, but are not a registration form. Did uh, this article... Did this article cut out the part about, oh, oh yeah. Improving, that's the word here. Improving US voter rolls. No, they don't. And they haven't, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, B. DeBar. <laughs> I know uh, Riley Slock says, maybe Abbott's 17th Secretary of State will be good. <sighs> Man, let me tell you what, Aurelius. Our Secretary of State's office is so broken in Texas, it makes me sad. It makes me sad. We need to work on getting it um, an elected office as opposed to appointed. But forgive me, guys. I digress. That is Lone Star News talk, not C-Report talk. So, uh, you know, you have Jenna Griswold sending out all of these postcards. They need this new voting block. I mean, come on. We're busing um, illegals to Colorado, I'm sure, right? <laughs> So yeah, they need, they need that new voting block of illegal non-citizens. They need it. So I think she was just giving them a heads up. I think she got busted. That's what I think happened with Jenna Griswold. She is ever the snake, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, that's going to bring us over to our uh, final story for today. Thank you all for hanging out with us. That is me and everyone in the audience, whether you're at Rumble, whether you are at Odyssey, whether you are out Trovo, Twitch, Clouthub, Pills.net, or the Foxhole.app. It is much appreciated that you are with us. Now, for tonight's final story, uh, we're going to turn our attention to the state of Ohio, again with elections. And ladies and gentlemen, the Secretary of State's office. The Secretary of State's off, um, office is so important. And I think it's, uh, it just had to be on par with the Great Awakening that everyone realized exactly how important it is. Um, but of course, by design, that's why we we're just so disinterested, right? 
so disinterested. But uh, up in the state of Ohio, uh, we have a candidate running for Secretary of It figures that my uh, Wi-Fi would just freeze up right there. Uh, and uh, that would be uh, candidate Tori Mares of Tori Says, running for Secretary of State, y'all. So I've uh, I've been trying to keep up with the story. It would be so cool, I think, if she were to join up with the uh, Secretaries of State Coalition, right? Uh, the one that Jim Marchant is running. You know, but I don't know if it's a Republicans only club is a thing, you know, um, I because it, it is secretaries of state coalition and other offices or other candidates. But I, I believe they're all Republican. I wonder, for one, if uh, the coalition would accept Tory Maris into the group. I don't think she needs it. And then for two, I wonder if she would even want to be part of the coalition. I mean, you get like. Tori Maris, Christina Caramo, uh, you know, uh, Tina Peters. I mean, come on, we could rock the Secretary of State's office across the nation, except where it's appointed, of course, like Pennsylvania and Texas, and I think even Virginia. But um, as we've been following along on the story of um, Tory Morris's candidacy for Secretary of State. Man, has it been a troubled one, guys. Uh, you had the uh, current incumbent Republican Trump-endorsed Secretary of Snakes, Frank LaRose, uh, who basically went above the law, which means breaking the law, just to make sure that she and also others who are running either independent or perhaps just not a candidate they would favor on the ballot we're not being put on the ballot, guys. Anyhow, uh, Tori Mars has been through a lot in order to get her name on the ballot to the point of running as an independent. Um, according to what uh, she said on her show, she had wanted to run as Republican, uh, but the Republican Party and LaRose would not have it. So she had to run independent. Um, I believe that's what she said, yes. But hey, you know, it's the best candidate for the job. And even though LaRose is Trump endorsed, LaRose also said Biden won the 2020 election fair and square and everything is turning up roses as far as elections go in America. He firmly believes that they are the safest and most secure elections anywhere in the world. Not the case, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me see here. I have a press release from the Morris campaign dated October 5th. So let's uh, let's catch up real quick on what's going on with uh, Tory Morris in the state of Ohio. This is dealing with LaRose. It says, LaRose's announcement of his public integrity division as the current Secretary of State admits that his office provides cybersecurity and physical security, but only to a degree. That's odd considering all Ohio voter IPs.gov are owned, monitored, and data mined by DHS. That's right, the Department of Homeland Security, 
you have to ask why, 24-7, since 2019. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I thought the feds were not supposed to be involved in our state elections ever. So what is DHS doing in there? Hmm. It says zero. So DHS has been... Um, has been mining, monitoring, and owning Ohio voter IPs since 2019. And uh, that was when uh, he moved everything over to .gov and LaRose was christened DHS advisor. Maybe someone should ask if he is speaking on behalf of the state or the federal government because it seems he wears both hats. Um, it says here, PID is reminiscent of the Department of Justice PID division. Is he now a policeman too? Can he invoke judicial powers? I thought that 88 prosecutors and a sheriff did the policing. That's for Ohio. What's this uh, division for? Can they arrest people? How does this work? There are confidential and non-confidential documents between federal and state law enforcement already discussing these things regarding elections. I just love that she's asking the questions, y'all. This candidate is asking the questions. It provokes the thought, right? Ask those questions, y'all. As an incumbent, is it ethical for him to use his office to campaign? This press release and his campaign donation emails sound like he's worried about losing and he's posturing. A couple of weeks ago, I met with some constituents that identify as Republicans where he demonstrated behind the scenes a lack of motivation and interest to clean up voter rolls. According to an audio recording of Frank LaRose, he responds to their pleas to clean up voter rolls with the following. I'm not getting into that. Give it to me if you find a crime and I will prosecute. In addition, he begged President Donald J. Trump for an endorsement, yet he claims he should get over his loss. Was not he the one diluting votes with redistricting? He's pretty flippy floppy. This is why the people will be voting Morris on November 8th, 2022, because I do not flip flop and stand firm in my convictions. This new shade of lipstick will not pretty up his office's track record regarding election integrity. Remember, the EAC, the Election Assistance Commission, came clean admitting there were no official certifications for election machines in 2018, 2019, and 2020. Yet LaRose conducted elections with non-certified machines and was elected with non-certified devices. That goes for 95 to 98% of all the machines in this nation. As Ohio's first independent secretary of state, election integrity efforts will not rely on a new costly division because everyone employed in our office already has some delegated part in ensuring each Ohioan has a single secure vote that is properly counted. Nothing more and nothing less. This campaign action as an incumbent is insulting to the intelligence of his constituents with this latest stunt of blatant Orwellian doublespeak that he either believes Ohioans are too stupid to see right through, or he knows but does not care. Either way, his true colors cannot be more clear. 
You cannot have aligned interests with those who want to influence our elections improperly. For example, the World Economic Forum, open societies, and cyber oligarchs like Facebook, or be beholden to intrusive and potentially insecure federal standards and remain Ohio first. When I am Secretary of State, there will be no need for federal agents and cybersecurity because you cannot hack paper. Yet LaRose sends off PDF ballots for people to print? I will be introducing currency-grade anti-counterfeit technology paper ballots that cannot be replicated. Any employee at a gas station can check a $20 bill's authenticity with a pen, but we don't have that proven technology in our paper ballots that represent our vote, our voice. I will unveil this technology soon at a press conference with tangible sa samples. To be determined. Now, how's that for a press release, ladies and gentlemen? Pretty cool. I am super curious if these ballots are going to be anything like the um, the uh, ballot integrity project that Fincham was doing over in Arizona. Because, you know, I heard that they, you know, they were shopping those around to other states. You guys might remember Vernon Jones, right? Talking about it as well over in Georgia. Whatever happened to that guy anyways, right? Speaking of people who change parties all the time. Anyways. So that's a pretty good statement. I'm very curious to see uh, as soon as we get a uh, date on that press conference, I'll, I'll see if we can't do a live on it. Uh, but in the meantime, guys, because no one is talking about Tori Morris's campaign for secretary of state and guys, I'm telling you, she's America first. Okay. And I just thought, you know, for those of us who are, Ohioans in the audience, and those of us beyond, ladies and gentlemen, those of us beyond, uh, it would be great to get this information out there. I mean, every race is important. And if we have an America first candidate, I don't care who they are. I don't care what ethnicity, color, gender, persuasion, you guys know the deal. You know the deal. If they're America first, if they're for restoring our republic, if they're about protecting our constitution and observing and honoring it, I'm all for it. She's putting Ohioans first. I put Texans first. We together put America first when we put our states first and we put our backyards first because we're taking care of our backyards, ladies and gentlemen. And that is what is important, right? Hey, Stone Roller, what's going on? Thank you so much for gifting the phone. Much appreciated. I appreciate your support. Good to see you. Um, but so in lieu of this uh, press conference, because I, I, I'm really curious. I want to know. I'm super supportive of her campaign, guys. Super supportive. And I apologize. I don't talk about her enough. I feel like I don't talk about her enough. But uh, in lieu of that... Um, press conference with the uh, counterfeit ballot technology. Um, I'm going to play a video of uh, Tori Morris speaking at a uh, Cleveland event for uh, candidates. And it was actually a pretty good idea. I think it was like a, uh, it seems like it was a community event or community organization that just brings in candidates. They don't care what party you're on. They don't have the, the people who are hosting, because I watched the whole thing. We're not going to watch the whole thing. We're just going to watch her segment. But um, the people who were hosting it were totally all about just getting information out. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, they didn't care what party you were on. They just said everyone needs to hear 
uh, the people on the ballots. Everyone deserves to hear them. So I totally got down with that. B. DeBar, thank you so much for gifting the cookie. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, let's go ahead and play this, guys. Uh, Tori has a lot to say. You know, Tori says, right? Anyways, that was a terrible joke. I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> guys, uh, I think I probably watched about ah, maybe three or four of these speaking engagements. We played one maybe about a month ago of uh, Tori speaking at an event in Ohio for her campaign and her candidacy for Secretary of State in Ohio. Uh, I thought this one was really good. Um, so you guys check it out, sit back, relax, listen to the words of what Tori says, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Yeah, we got Tori. Yeah, they're gonna need me to stand because I'm kind of short. <laughs> I'm wearing I'm wearing three inch boots today. Um, hi everyone, I'm Tori. Um, I sound a little bit off and I'm coughing. I'm getting over an ear infection, not contagious, so I'm out and about now. Um, I am a smoker, so it hit me a little bit harder. Yeah, don't smoke. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll say I'm working. Yeah, we did. Uh, so both of these candidates, and I can't wait to hear from you, um, you know, get my book. I live in Cuyahoga County, and I hear a lot of people that are in any office, either that be Senate, Congress, uh, you know, whatever it is, Secretary of State, they're all activists, but none of them actually know what it means to be part of the community they speak to. Yeah. And uh, obviously, as Secretary of State, I have two main functions, elections and business. Now, before we get into the elections, let's start with the business, because that's the primary problem that we have in our elections. See, the two candidates that were in Cleveland, the Republican and the Democrat, they're not here. Because you're not that important to them and because their corporations didn't sponsor this. That is the problem that we have, corporations. They will tell you whatever their interests that fund them have to say. They will tell you amazing things. We're going to do all of this amazing stuff to your community. We're going to create this amazing building and you guys are going to have a community gathering. And then you're sitting there and you're like, okay, how is that helping me feed my kids? How is that helping my education? When I first moved here to Ohio, I was excited because there was a downtown school, right? Um, international school. You guys have heard of it, right? Why? Because they have Chinese. And my daughter... We went as a family through something traumatic, right? And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed to say that in my life, I had so much hardship at one point that for a few months, I was even on food stamps when I was going through college, right? I'm a single mother now, right? And I have been through the ringer and people are trying to shame me for that. And it's like, see, that's the problem. That's what demons do. They take whatever you have been through and they bash it into your face to, to minimize you because what you have to say is true and fair. Mm -hmm. While many will paint me as a, one side paints me as a liberal, the other one is a conservative. And then everyone's like, well, wait a minute, she voted for Trump. So how could she be both? Because both parties hate him. 
See, the media tells us one thing. The facts are different. And I met with a gentleman from the BLM chapter who said, you voted for Trump. I said, of course I did. I knew where he stood. I knew what I was getting. I had money in my pocket. There were no wars. So I, I don't have to like the person. They have to make my life easier. And for me, my life was easier, right? And why did I know that I liked him? Because he funded his own campaign. Do you guys think that Nan Whaley doesn't have her own money? Of course she does. Do you not think Mike DeWine has millions? He's got homes in Haiti with Hillary Clinton. So why are we funding their campaigns? We're not. That's the thing. We're not funding their campaigns. Corporations are. The ones that we consume the goods from. We're the consumer, and they are also consuming us. Right. Now, as Secretary of State, businesses, how many times have they audited the Republican Party? They just misappropriated $3 million. No one went to jail. There was no investigation. Why do we know about this? Because the difference between the Democrat Party and the Republican Party is that the Democrats are all in corporate funding. Yeah, they might take some money from the little guy, but they never check. They don't say, hey, wait a minute, I gave you a dollar. Like, where is it? Republicans, though, they take from the corporations, but they take from the people, too. And those people ask questions, right? The Democrat Party says our people don't ask questions. They just listen like good little subordinates. The Republicans will beat you into submission and shame you if you do not think their way. We are in an era of tribalism, and this is a big problem. They put us up against each other, right, telling us things. I, I, I'm like, I'm a minority woman. Do you know how many Greeks exist? Do you know that we tick the black box on our thing? up until the 90s. And who was it that we were considered rats? We were going to colored school. That was my, my people's journey here to America. Does that make me salty? No, because I don't live in that time anymore. It's 2022. And when I saw them capitalize on the fears and the suppression and the messages, I see oh, people missed it. A little bit of fast history. First president of the United States was George Washington, right? His party was the Federalist Party. Jefferson's party was called the Republican Democrat. A couple of years later, Republican Democrat. They're the same party. They just use different words. And then they put you into these boxes. And then they pretend that they're fighting against each other. So for me, for me, as an independent, I can tell you one thing. Business-wise, Anybody who's holding any office, we will check their businesses. Because when I look at the Secretary of State's website, I see a business and it says, oh, it's based out of Delaware. And it labels it as foreign. And then I look at another business and it's actually foreign and it's still labeled as foreign. But I don't know, is it a company just on paper? Are they working, right? What are they doing? Because these elected officials have trusts and this, you know, good, I, they should be held to the highest standard. And that's one thing we're going to do. And I can almost guarantee you that that can kind of fill our coffers here in Ohio. That's a, that's a fact. So on top of that for business, what I saw is during the 2020 um, infodemic, because I'm going to call it an infodemic. As someone in her previous life, I worked as an intelligence contractor. Um, I guess, you know, I didn't wear a cat suit. 
but I've traveled all around the world and my job was collecting information and Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to point something out that maybe y'all did not realize. She said she was previously a uh, contractor, right? Let me get the exact phrase. What was it? It wasn't government contractor. What was it? Federal contractor? Let me see. No, it's based out of Delaware. And it labels it as foreign. And then I look at her. Because when I look at the Secretary of State's website, I see a business. And it says, oh, it's based out of Delaware. And it labels it as foreign. And then I look at another business, and it's actually foreign, and it's still it's labeled as foreign. But I don't know, is it a company just on paper? Are they working, right? What do they do? On our thing, up until the 90s. And that was my, my, because I capitalize on the fears and the suppression and the messages. I see, huh, people missed it. A little bit of fast history. First president of the Republican, Democrat. For me, for me, as an independent, I can tell you one thing. Business-wise, anybody who's holding any office, we will check their businesses. Because when I look at the Secretary of State's website, I see a business. And Let me pause it. You got it, right? Contractor. Con she was a government contractor. Um, here's the connect, y'all. You remember Shadowgate, right? Do you remember how they were talking about the contractors, the shadow workers, the shadow? They're not, they're, not, they're not shadow people, obviously. They're the shadow government. They're the contractors that uh, the deep state, the globalist henchmen have hired to do their dirty work so that uh, everyone else who's working in the offices are just doing their nine to five paper pushing. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just thought I would bring that out because uh, I, I, she never really said that at least back when I used to listen to her more um, about what her previous job was. So, oops, sorry, guys. I wasn't talking into the microphone. How long have I not been talking into this microphone? Anyhow, guys. So uh, she was formerly a contractor. And she's going to say some other things in this, uh, in this uh, speech also. Um, that gives you some hints about the work she used to do. Like, like, I'm pretty sure, I believe that she actually used to be part of the shadow government. But I mean, I don't know that for sure. And it's not my story to tell. But I just thought I would offer you that perspective. So this way, it's easier to connect like what Shadowgate was showing you. You know, all of those people who don't exist because they're doing jobs that you've never heard about that are all under wraps and it's all on contract so that the government has a couple of degrees separation from their crimes, that kind of thing. Right. They don't exist. Yep. Sean Joe, Millie Weaver, you got it. Absolutely. Okay. Let me go ahead and get this back on. I just wanted to point that out because, uh, She's been saying now that she's running for secretary of state, now she's running for public office, like a lot. She's she's being more transparent with her history, you know. So uh, I just thought I'd point that out. All right, let's get back into it. And it says, oh, it's based out of Delaware. And it labels it as foreign. And then I look at another business and it's actually foreign and it's still labeled as foreign. But I don't know, is it a company just on paper? Are they working, right? What are they doing? 
because these elected officials have trusts and this, and they need a good, I, they should be held to the highest standard. And that's one thing we're going to do. And I can almost guarantee you that that can kind of fill our coffers here in Ohio. That's a, that's a fact. So on top of that for business, what I saw is during the 2020 um, infodemic, All right, I'm back, guys. Sorry, I got nuked. Sorry, I got nuked. I got totally kicked out of my system. We're back. We're back. Don't worry. We're back. Totally got nuked. Like, everything shut down over here. Someone must not want Tori to speak. <laughs> All right, let's get her back on the screen. Uh, yeah, intelligence contractor, ladies and gentlemen. Intelligence contractor. She was in the shadow government. And now she's a whistleblower turned to uh, uh, investigative journalist and podcaster. Tori Mars for Ohio Secretary of State. But I've traveled all around the world and my job was collecting information. Or whatever the global government decided to do. I was one of those. I have myself, I deserve nothing but mercy because I have assisted in taking down nations across the country. I have. I, and how did we do it? First, we rigged their elections. And if we can't do that, then we just come in guns blazing and allege something happened. And that's fact. And I say this, and I'm ashamed of saying it, saying it, but I thought I was just doing my job. So when this You must, I was like, whoa, whoa, this was like, wait, when the government's telling you you have to do something, that's when you don't do it. We all know this because their interests are served first. It has to be, especially when it comes to our body, what I eat and I drink. I'm from New York originally. I was born and bred there, first generation immigrants, right? My parents were literally fresh off the boat. My dad actually came off a boat, smuggled himself in here, went back and then came back legally, you know? And so I can tell you that in New York, when the TV says, drink your water from your tap, it's the best, guess what everyone's doing? They're not drinking the water. <laughs> We're starting to understand the pattern because all of the media was telling us to be scared and yet every five minutes there was a Pfizer commercial. Anthony Fauci made millions. How many of your people that are running under the Democrat and Republican banner are funded by Pfizer. 
And in business, here's where it goes. What did the Secretary of State do when that happened? You're going to be like, it's none of his business. Actually, it is. Because the businesses were allowed to violate the Ohio State Constitution and fire people for not complying with the vaccine. If you couldn't wear a mask or didn't want to wear a mask because you were healthy, you weren't allowed to shop. What did he do? He let them do it. And he was double masked. And he even did it in his office. And then he went to his office for some reason. I don't know whose bright idea it was, but just putting cellophane in the front, the virus is going to stop. It's not going to go on top or the bottom. It's just right there. It was the most, I mean, if you guys take a, a step back and rewind 2020, you're going to see just how crazy it was. And none, none of these people that were in elected office said something to, 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 to help the people. The Secretary of State could have done that. Kristen, you're, you're conducting business in my jurisdiction. You can't tell my citizen they're not allowed to eat your food because you don't want to. I'm sorry, Governor DeWine, you said that Walmart can stay open, but the cupcake shop on the corner can? Or the lady that makes wedding dresses by appointment only, she can't? Or the lady that delivers her own cottage-made food can't? I'm sorry, that's none of your business. I'm the Secretary of State. Businesses, you're listening to me. And it should have been done in another way. We should have had someone stand up and say, this is madness, stop. We don't cancel our rights and our constitution. Because if you all remember, that's what happened with 9-11 and look where we're at now. You know, when we go to bed and we say goodnight on the phone to our kids or to our loved ones, we're like, hey, goodnight, FBI agent, whoever's watching too, right? And we think it's funny, but it's really not, right? It's really not. And this is where we dovetail into elections, surveillance. Why do we have machines in elections? I want you to take a good, hard think of that. Are they gonna tell you that we're too many people and we need machines to count them? Is it just the right thing to do because we need to be efficient? Your ballot is the representation of your voice. That's your first amendment. Your voice, your ballot, your voice, your vote. So from the minute that they wanna make it efficient, what happens to accuracy? Yeah, we need accuracy. We don't need efficiency. Um, we need to hurry it up. What, what do you mean hurry it up? We just had an election in Arizona and you know, 20,000 ballots didn't, they hadn't counted them for five days. So the machine messed up 20,000 ballots in five days. We could have 20,000 ballots counted in this room in like an hour, right? With our eyes, we can't count. We can't say, oh, looks like that one goes to the right end. That one goes, we can't. Oh, so are we all stupid now? <laughs> and we can't do math. The reason they put us on these systems is because now that they have access to your social media, they have access to your rewards, to your bank accounts, to your text messages, ever have a phone call and say, my spanks went bad with your girlfriend. And then suddenly you're on Facebook and spanks ads come up and you're like, are you, come on, right? That is the whole plan. Because once they have everything, including your access to voting, they don't even need to campaign. This is why they don't come out here, guys. They're like, no, 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 that's a Democrat stronghold. These people are idiots. They'll just vote whatever they tell them to. And they do think they're stupid across the nation. They're like, oh, what? You mean you like Trump? You can't because whatever. He's racist. And it's like, you know, people forget in the 70s, he was the guy that threw the first gay wedding before it was fashionable, right? Listen, we, we forget that with Rosa Parks, he was awarded together a medal. 
right? I remember because I was in New York and that was part of my curriculum. And it's like, so everybody just had amnesia, right? Why? Because he funded his own campaign because he didn't want the address, but he did need a party. And he said himself, I'm running with the Republican party because they're stupid. And that was correct. Republican voters are the stupidest ones. The Democrats, they just follow orders. The Republicans, they're dumb. They don't see right through it. That they're the same thing, only talking a different language. That's it. They're talking to a different demographic. When it's like, can we just all speak English and not try to hijack someone's deepest fear and everything to get them to vote? So business is the foundation. So for me, my problem is that maybe all of the people that are running should have their jackets with their, you know, like a NASCAR outfit. Who sponsors you, right? Because, you know, I'm looking at who sponsors them, like even Chelsea, Chelsea Clark. She has businesses, right? Is she Bernard? No. Is she a bad person? No. She actually started the STEM education. I was like, that's pretty cool. But then when I looked into it, she went through something called Run for Something. Do you guys know what that is? Run for Something is a program that the Democrats created. You guys can find it on YouTube, Run for Something Democrat. So what they do is they scout the nation to find people that would fit the profile of what they want and put them in office. They're like, it's okay, we just cast them and then we just tell them what to do and we put the right people around them. So basically, what did they say? They casted them, so they're just actors. And exactly, because if Chelsea Clark was here and I could talk to her about policies, I would talk her under the table. LaRose is literally the Secretary of State and I know elections better than him because I rigged them in four or five different countries. So there's nobody that knows elections better than him. Nobody. And one thing I am doing next week is actually filing a lawsuit in the Supreme Court of Ohio to get rid of these machines and plead with them that we have fair and accurate elections. That's all I want. I do not want elections. 2020, stolen. 2019, stolen. 2018, stolen. 2017, stolen. 2016 was a battle, I'll tell you that. Two intelligence facilities, right? Because they were all trying to get in and hack. And they got caught in Georgia. And, 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 and Kemp came out and he said, I've got Russians in my machines. And then the next day he was on CNN. Actually, it was DHS. And then, and then he was like, why is DHS in all of my election machines? Because guess who owns our machines here? DHS. Because LaRose put all our information, the .gov sites, all of them are on an IP that DHS controls, monitors, and maintains 24-7, all for free, of course. There's nothing for free. That's your data. They're creating predictive analytic profiles. You want to get a job? You're not going to get it. Because if they know that you're a Christian and they want you to do immoral things, well, guess what? Their computer, their AI program is going to say, we got all our information in here. She's not a good egg. She can't come. This is what they are doing. And people don't see how many times have you sent down a resume and nobody responded. They already put your name through the system and it's like, no, not a good fit. And see, this is how they create it. Now, when your money is gone, that's when you're going to get upset. But by then, it's going to be too late. These elections are super important, very important. Now, I can't speak for the whole nation, but I can speak for Ohio. When I get in there, the first thing I'm doing is taking care of business, taking care of business. We got Les Wexner in our state, a pedophile. The guy that actually created Epstein lives in our state, and he has his name on a pediatric hospital, how ironic, right? And if anybody watched the Jeffrey Epstein trial, right? 
the victim was there saying how she was trapped in his house with her little brother in Ohio. And guess how many dinners he's had with all these politicians? That's right. And none of you would sit there and say that's a conspiracy because that's fact. One guy is supposedly dead because, you know, a guy that's over six feet can hang himself from four feet, of course, right? And then we have Ghislaine Maxwell, who, you know, she was the victim, yet they always need the woman to bring him in, right? And this is all Hollywood weird stuff. And, and you know what I was so excited? To see Kanye speak English. I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys, you know, see that, but I was excited to see that. Because he spoke his mind, and I like that. When people speak their mind, that's fine. Some people can't stand people speaking their mind. And that's okay, too. We got to love them just the same, because they just probably don't have ears to hear and eyes to see. So his business... Last thing I'm, I wanted to say on the business aspect is I will <clears throat> open up satellite offices across the state of Ohio. So there'll be one in Cleveland, Toledo, Cincinnati, probably get Southeast Ohio. I'll figure it out map-wise so it'll be less than 50 miles distance, an actual Secretary of State satellite office. Because what I want to do is I want to encourage people to start a business. It should be exciting because this is how we make money in our nation, Right? And in our state, we're going to boom it. Because when you open up a business, you're, you're like, what do I do? I get an EIN? Do I do an LLC or an S-Corp? Like, what do I do, right? People don't have money to hire an accountant. You know, you're like, I'm good at mowing lawns and cutting flowers. Or I'm good at cooking infused food. There's a lady here that does couture kitchen. I don't know if you guys know her. Um, she's off on 69. She's pretty good. She, could, she needs to start a business, right? How does she do it? And she's not, because by the time she's doing it at home, it's all going back in and then paying her bills, right? So <clears throat> I'll hire IRS agents that will give them their first steps and say, this is your checklist. You need a bank account like this. This is how you do it. If you want a board, and they go through it. We should have weekly classes to teach them how to manage their money. That's what the Secretary of State should do, encourage business, not corporations, businesses, because businesses create jobs. From one person mowing the lawn, they're going to hire two more people. And this is how we grow as a state. And on top of that, I'm going to get rid of the Chamber of Commerce, the local ones, because they're bullies. I hear from people that when they have businesses and they have their, like, their local Chamber of Commerce, it's like some fat cat that owns most of the restaurants or hotels, and then they're like, pay your dues, and, and, and maybe we'll talk about you. And it's, and it's ridiculous. It's all posturing and pompous. It's not productive. So we'll have our own uh, regional chamber of commerce where all the businesses within that satellite region of the Secretary of State will be able to see all the businesses listed. So that's on the business side. Oh, and none of them are ever gonna enforce anything. You can't tell people what to do. You just hire them for work. Because when I'm in, anybody that got fired because they didn't get the vaccine or because they didn't choose to get the booster. Some people were injured and they didn't wanna get the booster. Well, they can sue them. And, I'll, and I will make that know that retroactively they violated Ohio state law. Well, it's a constitution. Article 1, Section 21 clearly says, get this, no law, rule, or regulation can compel directly or indirectly any citizen of Ohio to participate in any uh, health care program. Health care program is defined as insurance. They can't force you to have that. Healthcare program includes medications, taking your information, masks, 
devices, vaccines at school. We have it in our constitution, but guess what? I'm the only one that filed a lawsuit in Ohio to represent my kid when her school said put the mask on. And I did it not because I didn't want, I wanted to win the whole mask argument. I wanted to win the argument that I can represent my kid. And guess, and it was two weeks ago that the judge threw it out. Do you know what the judge told me? Ma'am, you can't represent your kid. I said, you expect me in federal court, you expect me to feed my kid or else I go to jail. You expect me to insure my kid or else I go to jail. You expect me to keep my kid in check or else I go to jail. You expect me for it to go to school, but I can't say what goes on my baby's face and in their body, get out. And I'm gonna fight that. Right after these elections, that dismissal will be turned into an appeal with the lawyer, not for the mask, for my right to represent my kid. And I will fight it and, and, and step every step of the way. And I did that case all by myself. It was me against a massive law firm of Mayfield Heights um, schooling. And I did it. Somebody had to because nobody does. And you know what? One thing you can know is that I'm a fighter. I fought in my life. I fight every day. I work for myself. I'm, I'm a podcaster now. So my, my, my actual employer is the people. I don't work. I don't get paid. That's the way it is. And in regards to elections, I mean, I touched on it. Why do we need machines? Why do we need machines? When I fought, do you know how hard I fought to get onto the ballot for November as an independent? They kept me off two times. I had to go to court. And it was such a sham and a waste of money. I grassroots. I have gotten checks from corporations. I've literally ripped them up. Why? Because I want to prove to everybody, not only in Ohio, but in America, that you do not need a corporation. You do not need the coattails of some campaign company, you know, like the Democrats or the Republicans, you know, that throw parties and confetti and balloons that could have fed a whole neighborhood, right? Glorifying them like they're some state when they're just citizens like us, right? They're supposed to be. And I tore it up and I'm like, I'm only getting from people. That's it. And, and, and I had to spend it all to go to court. And that's okay. Because guess what? I'm on the ballot. And guess what? Over 75% of Ohioans are registered independent or unaffiliated. Mm -hmm. So that means I actually represent over 75% of Ohio. And uh, you know, the media here has a gag order not to talk of me. They were told, don't, don't even mention her because they know what's coming. Frank LaRose, the incumbent, the Republican that stopped me twice, not once, but twice, to be on the ballot, is sending emails saying, oh, those insane liberals on the Ohio Supreme Court added another candidate last minute. No, they're not crazy. You're crazy. They said you literally violated the law, which he did, okay? And they're not crazy. The ones that were crazy were the two, Pat DeWine, Mike DeWine's son, right? And Fisher. You know what they turned around and said? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't like the wording of her affidavit. We got to check if that, you know, I don't know if I'm okay with the affidavit. Are you kidding me? I used an online notary and then they were going to question it, but they never questioned it before when I've been using the same part-time teacher notary online all the time because we had to find online ones for 2020, right guys? Because nothing was open. We weren't allowed to function. These people were getting paid sitting at home, you know, in state offices. Now, again, elections is key. We have to vote. Even if it's rigged, we still have to vote. And it is up to us to tell our friends and our families, 
You know, you don't have to vote straight ticket. You gotta pick and you gotta see what feels right with you. Don't listen to the media, don't listen to your moms or tell your friends, don't even listen to me. Like you figure it out. But please, this is why we're in this place because we're listening and living the lives according to what everybody else tells us. I can promise you that I will fight and I can promise you that I will be one of the most transparent Secretary of State ever. Okay, and if I mess up, I'm gonna be the first one that's gonna say it too. And I will always ask for the input of the people, and I will try to create avenues where we can actually remove elected officials that don't do their job. And, and I use just an example that may not resonate with a lot, but um, there was a guy running out in it was in Lorraine County where Gonzalez ran. You know that football player? He ran as a Republican. He raised an insane amount of money, which is another thing. They're like, look at me, I'm great. I raised money. And it's like, that means your own. I want to vote for you. Why would I vote for you? Right? That's the, that's the thing, right? Why would I vote for you? And they're like, look, I raised $3 million. And I was like, that tells me somebody owns you. Yes. Next. Um, <coughs> he raised a lot of money. The GOP had him like this. And he was like, yeah, what they did to Trump was so bad. And everyone was like, money, money, money. We got to win this, right? Because they're, they're trying to get this guy. Like, look at him. He's out of office and they're still chasing the guy. Right? Like, come on. Let's be fair. You might not like what he has to say. You might believe half the stuff you hear about him. But let's be fair. Is that okay? What we've seen. The behavior we've seen. Right? As someone that's had Hunter Biden's laptop. And I didn't bring it with me today. Could have shown it to you. I've had it in my possession for two years. While other people are showing off the hookers. The drugs, which is disgusting, because that's a demon that kid's battling, okay? But in there, you see exactly what these politicians do. <laughs> you know, Joe Biden and his daughter having weird showers. He knowing that his, his, his own granddaughter is being molested and doing nothing. But that's ethics. Let's talk business. What they have done with our nation in those emails is ridiculous. He literally used his son as a prop so that they can funnel money in while his dad was vice president. And he plotted over a year to smuggle someone from the Mexican border on email chain from other countries. And it's like, how are these people not in jail? You know why? Because they make it so ridiculous that you just want to tune out. You don't even want to listen. Like, how do you trust them? You can't believe the media. Let me tell you, if that laptop was Don Jr., you'd be hearing about it all day. There would be movies everywhere, right? It would be like a shot, right? And then they're trying to convince you. Trump inside of the, the, the insert. They had all, I was there. They were already in there while he, while he was still talking. You know, the time doesn't even match. But the media can make anything happen. I mean, they're sitting there in a hurricane. Oh, my God. And then there's a guy behind them doing cartwheels. And they look like idiots. This is where we're at in an infodemic. Our information is so skewed. Yeah. And when the COVID hit, I said, guys, this is going to be the biggest infodemic we are ever going to go through. Because it is a war for your mind. It doesn't matter what's right, what's wrong. It's your mind. So these elections are key. I am going to work hard for your vote. I am going to work hard for my state because elections are very important because that's the only way to fix it. That's how we get them out. And like I said, with that Gonzalez guy where he raised all that money, you know what he did first day? I mean, he, he swore in high, swearing in, impeached Trump. 
Now, you're going to be like, whoa. Be like, no, wait a minute. Say you gave him money, right? Because he said, oh, you know, I'm going to build this building, right? That's halfway done. And then you're like, great. And then he gets in and then he says, I'm not building this building now. And you're like, wait a minute, I just gave you my hundred dollars because I believed in you and you didn't, you need out. And they laugh at us. They won't even answer our calls. They won't even bother to look at us unless it's a thousand people and they look good on camera and there's cameras. They won't come. Why isn't Chelsea Clark here? Why isn't Frank Rose here? Why? Because we have the electronic machines and they know who's going to work. It's all shut. And it's not just 2020. When Obama was running in 2012, that was a fix too. He already knew he was going to win. He and Romney had it. It's money, money, money from the party. They just pull, pull, pull. Because there were counties where he got zero votes. Zero votes? How did Obama get zero votes in a county? I don't, what are the statistics of that? Right? You voted for him or not, because I think he was one of the worst presidents. Bush, the only president that I liked was actually Reagan. And he wasn't even president. He was a puppet after they shot him. It was Bush Sr. calling the shots. That poor guy, they had a hog tie. And all he could do was like, you, you, you don't let me make decisions, but I'm going to be talking. And he did. And he told us everything. He told us their dirty laundry. Tried. I mean, he tried as much as they could. He was like, look, I want to live. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to say, um, I'm going to give transparency. I'm going to work really, really hard for my state. And I'm going to make it so that you can actually vote and make change. Because the only way we fix this is that if each and every one of you actually run. I want to see you guys run. I want you guys taking over the school board. This CRT stuff, do you know why it's there? Corporations. Do you know when my kid came here? <clears throat> Chinese. You know why I pulled around? Because corporations. When I saw the amount of money that is coming from these insane foreign institutions, open societies, George Soros, people are like, oh, he helped. No, my daughter was given a book and they were like, read this and now write why you ashamed that your skin color is white. And I was like, first of all, she's vitamin D deficient. And when we hit the sun, we Greeks turn brown. We don't creak easy. People think I'm young, I'm not. I've got a 22 year old daughter, right? I'm 45, almost, <laughs> almost 45, right? And I was just like, this is great. She's not doing that. Why are you telling kids what they need to think? Why is it that it has to be politicized? You know what the problem is in these communities here in the metro? That we've got teachers that want to tell them how to think. Right? We need to give them math, reading, arithmetic, right? Science. We need to inspire them to want to learn more. Instead, we're telling them, you can be free. You need to mind your words. Wait a minute. What is this speech? We don't need speech. We don't need current speech. I'm going to offend someone. If I'm with one person, I can be mindful. Three people, a little bit mindful. Ten, uh-uh. You're going to offend somebody. No matter what you do, you are going to offend someone. And you should stand firm. I am Orthodox Christian. That's like historical Christian, right? I'm a single mom. Been through tragedies. I'm a whistleblower with no protections because I was a private contractor and told on them. And, and um, I will fight. I fought really hard to get on this ballot. And if you choose independent, vote independent on November 8th. I'm the only one, and I am the first woman independent to make it on a statewide ballot. So we actually made history. So that's a good thing.
So God bless. I talked for both the other candidates too. So <laughs> hey, they weren't here, so I took their time. So yeah. God bless everyone. I appreciate you and I look forward to your questions. All right, y'all. There you go. Tori speaks. Did you guys hear what Tori said? Just kidding. I'm going to run as many of those uh, jokes as I can before we run out of time. For uh, That is the conclusion of today's show, guys. We did a little bit of overtime. Uh, a lot of good things coming out of candidate Tori Mares, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, who are you going to vote for, LaRose? Oh, wait. If you're not in Ohio, I guess you don't got a horse in the race. So you don't got to worry about it, right? Well, guess what? Secretaries of states in other states very damn well affect your state as well. Think about 2020. Think about 2020. Think about the coordinated secretaries of state project and what they did to us. Not in just 2020, guys, but let's not forget the secretary of state's project started in 2006. Okay, so they've been doing this for quite some time, y'all. I'm going to take any candidate, you know, who's not an establishment, right? Uh, who is not, uh, you know, going to be uh, beholden to, as Tori said, corporations and stuff like that. That That is a given, obviously, right? So I, I believe in the Secretary of State's race in November, uh, you will have um, Trump-endorsed election... I wanted to call him an election denier, election fraud denier, Frank LaRose, right? Uh, and then you will have a Democrat who I don't know what her name is or his name. And then uh, you have independent Tory Mars running. Ohio, take your choice, right? And if you just see the way that uh, Frank LaRose has run his office, and I think anyone who's standing on the outside looking in, like myself, right, uh, kind of just looks at the uh, looks at the battleground, right, and sees all of the wreckage and damage and lies and deception, mostly stemming from the lack of security in elections and the theft and fraud of 2020, because it was so blatant and so in our face, y'all, right? It was so blatant in our face, you know, you know, for all we know, all elections have always been rigged and stolen, but that one was so in our face. It was almost like they were testing us. But they weren't because 2016 was the test. They failed. Okay. They failed in 2016. Uh, but there you go. I thought I would just share that with you all. A lot of information there, guys. And, you know, it's also, at least for me, a little bit encouraging. What is this? What are you doing on the screen? I swear, guys, I would not want to see Lindsey Graham and Elon Musk on the screen at the same time with the little prostitute Vladimir Zelensky in the background. <laughs> but alas, ladies and gentlemen, we're out of time. So uh, perhaps we'll talk a little Musk and Graham and Ukraine tomorrow because there's a lot of stuff developing out of that as well. Uh, such as, did you guys happen to know that when it came to that Crimean bridge that, uh, the, uh, Ukrainian Nazis blew up, right? Oh, because, uh, they told their American counterparts. Now, as it turns out, the United Kingdom actually, they actually ran a study on how to blow up the Crimean bridge. Yeah, we'll share it tomorrow, guys. How about that? 
something to look forward to. Alrighty. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough for being here. Your presence is most definitely appreciated. And uh, for all you cool cats hanging out at the foxhole.app and pill.net, thank you so much. And uh, I appreciate also your gold pill donations. Thank you for that as well. Stone rollers, right? Choices. <laughs> Be the bar. And that's what America is all about. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, you know, choose your best candidate, ladies and gentlemen, choose your best candidate. And hopefully political bias won't play into it. Thank you all again, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone all around. It's been a great night here at the Sea Report. We'll be back tomorrow with Lone Star News, the Sea Report, and this is news. Yeah, it's my busy day on Wednesdays. It's my heavy day. So uh, till then. Take care. Have a great night, ladies and gentlemen. Be safe and be blessed. And God bless America. We will see you manana. Take care till then, guys. This is Mr. C signing out. Ta-ta. Let's talk about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're gonna die on this hill. We're gonna be gay and we're gonna rape our children no matter what you say, because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run see in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, what the heck is this bald band talking about? Uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you've got your sea report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do see in the dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. We got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Check out the Political Truth Apparel line. Covefe. Rhino hunting season. Secretary of Snakes. And more to come. Fun. Fashionable. Edgy. Cational. Go to Mr. C Online Store at www.thecreport.com. Click on the top right menu. Use coupon code 1776REBORN at checkout.